Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 167. We're going to talk about a classic old saying, a stitch in time saves nine. Before we do that, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus nine rocket tech the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to Save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support Everything Fast Pitch at the same time. Also, let's talk about patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. During our Everything Fast Pitch this week, we talked about Clay Feliciano was the first recipient of a Pinnacle Power Butter giveaway. Uh, We're going to keep doing that now for the next several weeks. So if you're interested in becoming a patron, one more reason for you to consider doing so. Again, there's $5, $10, and $20 a month commitments. Coach Don and I desperately need the help. We've gained some momentum here over this last couple of months. Uh, We're still a long way from breaking even every month, and just the reality of our situation is we need to see some more enthusiastic support. We're also working on a program uh, that will reward our patrons with some extra benefits that uh, we haven't been able to do in the past. We'll have more information about that here in the next couple of weeks. So, Don, a stitch in time saves nine. I was going to say, that's an interesting saying, again, that can be applied to a bunch of different things, I suppose, right? Right. Well, and uh, to my way of thinking, here's kind of what it means. If I take some time now to fix something, to make sure that something's right, it will save me time later on. So that stitch in time now is fixing it now. The saves nine means that I ignore it now and have to fix it later. Yep. Okay. And there's going to be more to fix later. Right. And yeah. so when we think about our game, we talk about this all the time that, you know, you and I are basically in business because so many of the kids that we work with pick up habits that are counterproductive over time. You know, for some kids, it's a big project. There's tons of stuff that needs to be fixed. For some kids, it's a little bit more of a fine tuning, polishing kind of a feeling, but there's still things in their games, things in their hitting that uh, just need to be adjusted a little bit, need to be fixed a little bit. The point that we're trying to uh, get to today is that if more of these players were getting more good information or coaches were taking a little bit more time early on to fix some of these problems, I think we'd all be a lot happier in the long run. And here's why I think it doesn't happen. Because a lot of these players are still doing pretty good. They're still having some success. They're still hitting the ball pretty well. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Right. And that's sort of the 100%, 180-degree opposite <laughs> outlook, right? One of the things that, you know, when I've heard the if it's not broke, don't fix it mentality, my question always is, well, it's not broke now. Not broken yet. Right. But does that mean that it's not really still broken? You know, when we think about fixing something now so that it's not a bigger problem later on, I think that's really a a worthwhile thing for our coaches to be investing some thought into because I think what ends up, you know, being the the curse of all curses is something I've I've heard a, a bunch of times is that good is the enemy of great. And so as soon as we get pretty good at something, we kind of slide along thinking that we're pretty good at something. 
and we don't understand that that pretty good right now doesn't mean that we're going to still feel good about it in a year or two or three, or that we're not missing out on the opportunity to tap into something even really cool. And in line with what you're saying there, Tori, too, a lot of times we can get away with things when the, the speed of the game is slower, when we're first getting started. We can be a little bit long in our, in our swing and our approach to the contact point. But as the game picks up, as the skill level of the pitching that we're competing against gets better, those things are going to tell on you. So do you let someone just get away with it because it's not necessarily broken? You, you still have some success? Or do we take care of it now so that down the road, we have a much easier path to follow? Again, that stitch in time saves nine concept is, I think, something that all of us as coaches, we need to take a look at, whether it's uh, with the hitting things. Well, know, I think it applies to all, yeah, yeah, all, all the Fielding, throwing, every, every aspect of it. And if we can, uh, harder work for us, right? because we have to identify things and then figure out how to make them better. But it's definitely something that's going to uh, you know, help the kids enjoy the game a lot more later. Right. When I think the real challenge, and I think this is where our coaches uh, that are listening to this are going to be raising an eyebrow or casting some doubt, it also means that I've got to be willing to tell a player who is being pretty successful that there's stuff that they definitely need to improve. You know, we've talked a lot about human Room nature. To grow. Yeah. yeah. And that kids just like being comfortable. You know, I have one girl that I work with that I have to figure out, and I really rack my brain to try to figure out how to basically trick her into working on stuff that's part of it. That she really needs to work on yeah. while still letting her think she's amazing. Because right. in her mind, she's amazing. Now, the reason she thinks that is because when she was a very young player. She was way more athletic, way you know, a little bit more physically Bigger, mature, faster, stronger. Yeah. So faster and stronger, and was clearly the best player on her younger age teams. And you know, when she was eight and under, ten and under, just her ability to do things that other kids her age just couldn't do physically made her look like the very best player on her team. And now she was very successful, hit the ball pretty well, you know, made a lot of plays, but did both of those things doing a whole lot of stuff that's just not the best technically way, technically proper, the best way to yeah. do it. And so now she's heading into 14 and under and the screws are starting to turn a little bit because some of that stuff that she could get away with when she was the biggest, strongest kid at and, 10. And you're not broken yet. Right. Concept is and and she was having all kinds that. of success when she was 10. Now she's trying to do a lot of the exact same stuff when she's 14 and the other players are bigger and stronger and faster. They've caught up to her on the physical side, and her skill level now really needs to be adjusted and, and improved if she's going to continue to, to have success. This is a kid who has zero interest in being told that... In changing things. Yeah, that she has yeah. zero interest. She, you know, she's so sure that she wants to just keep doing what she's doing, and somehow it's going to all work, its well, work itself out. And of course, now mom and dad are part of the challenge with this too, because you know they, they spend a lot of time kind of convincing her or agreeing with her attitude that now that she's not hitting as well, it's the coach's fault or it's the umpire's fault or it's the that pitcher's too slow for you to hit because you're, you're, you've trained to hit faster and, and all that kind of stuff. So there's a couple of layers to this, but basically what I wanted us to touch on is that if that player had had more people in her life telling her, I, I'm proud of how good you are. I'm proud of how successful you're being. I'm proud of all the hits that you're getting, but 
just think how much better you could be. Just think how much more you could accomplish. And so now I think that motivation that we need to tap into is continue to do what you're doing and still be successful. Or wouldn't you like to get ahead of this a little bit? When you face that really good pitcher, wouldn't you like to know you're ready to face her instead of waiting until after you face her and then wish you had worked on a few more things? There's a couple things in there too, Tori. Sometimes I, you know, as a, a coach or someone that helps people train, sometimes it would be super helpful for us just to have that blind faith. You know, just trust us on this. You don't know what you don't know because you haven't seen what's coming. Right. We've seen this whole evolution of players moving up. Just trust that we're going to send you in a good direction and and things are going to be good if you'll listen. Right. And things will actually be better if yeah. you'll if you'll listen. But you know, to have that blind faith is kind of a hard leap for someone that does have some success and right. stuff like that. Well, and, and that's the story of the girl I was uh, was talking about before. She got away with having a really long loopy swing when she was younger. And now that the pitching's getting Speed so much better, yeah. And she's made some progress with it, but she's made progress with it because I've kind of tricked her into and forced her into working on stuff that she doesn't want to work on. The reason that she's a really good example is if as you said, if she had a little bit more faith and would just believe that, you know, when I keep telling her that the pitchers are just going to keep getting better, you know. You know, as as you get older, they don't get worse. So if we don't figure this out now, we're, we're going to continue to have some some heartbreak on down the road. But if she had bought into the, hey, we really could be ahead of the game. If, if I would work on some of this stuff now, just think how much better off I'll be in the future. I think she'd be in a whole lot better place right now. Yeah, there's no doubt on that. You know, again, the extra battle with the parent piece of it too. And hopefully, you know, they buy into it because they're letting you share the things that you've seen over the past 40 plus years. Right. That's where the gold is, Yeah, is, is trusting in that. Well, and, and one of the things we've talked about on the Everything Fast Pitch podcast is that there's expensive experience and there's inexpensive experience. And the expensive experience is I learn because I keep screwing up. I only correct things after I screw them up. And inexpensive is when Coach Don said, if I work on this, I won't keep screwing up. And I just listen to Coach Don so I don't screw up so much. Unfortunately, I think you know a lot of us are wired that the only way we learn anything is if we, you know we, we, we learn from our mistakes. You yeah. know, if if we don't feel the pain of it, we don't invest in in changing it. it doesn't register. Um, but yeah. I think from from a coach prep perspective, here's why I think this is important. Coaches, it's up to all of us to look at those players, especially the kids that are having some success. You know, it doesn't really matter what level you're coaching at. Every team has a couple of players that are clearly the strongest players. Every team has a couple of kids that are the weakest players. So when I'm working with the best players on my team, I have to figure out ways to approach them with correction and adjustment and polishing and changing things that has a bigger picture in mind. Because just because somebody's hitting 510 and under doesn't mean they're going to hit 516 and under. And they need to be working at it just the same, right? Yeah. And so I think that that's our moral to the story is we can overlook anything if we make up our minds to. You know, we can pretend that it's all going to work itself out. You know, we can hope and pray that, you know, that somehow the, you know, this problem solves itself, or we can, you know, be a little bit more proactive in our approach with the players, make sure that we're constantly looking for the the things that they need to work on. You know, just because a player is being successful doesn't mean that I can spend less time working with them. In a lot of cases now, I think we really need to be working just as hard or harder to help our best players continue to improve 
as we do to help our weaker players improve. Because honestly, the, the weaker players have such a long list of stuff that needs to improve. I don't have to invest that much time in thinking of a list. I mean, I can think of a list off the top of my head of five or six things that every one of those kids could work on tomorrow. But when it's the best player on your team, she's got a list of five or six things too, but you just got to look a little harder. Sure. And you have to package it a little bit differently to help those kids get the same benefit. And sometimes their their bad habits are more ingrained because they have had maybe more experience too. I don't care what anybody says. As soon as you start to be pretty good at something, you think you're pretty darn good at it. Right. And when you're pretty darn good at something. Or just better than those around you. Right. You know, the, the we talked about this again a couple of weeks ago. You're, you, know, you can't learn something you think you already know. If you already think you know enough about hitting because you're hitting really well in 10 and under, we got to figure out a way to trick you into seeing that you really don't know very much about hitting. Right. or throwing, or pitching, or whatever it might be. A stitch in time saves nine. That's a fun one to talk about today. That's a good one. All right, so that's going to wrap up episode 167. As always, please support our sponsors, the Anderson Bat Company. And if you can, become a patron. Patreon.com slash Everything Fast Pitch. Coach Don and I desperately need more help. I know it's a tough time of the year with the holidays and everything, but think about uh, uh, making us one of your Christmas gift recipients and become a patron if you can. Make sure you go to the fastpitchprep.com website, order your Square Cuts training discs. They're $49.95 a dozen. If you order quickly, we can still get them to you in time for Christmas. And make sure that you take advantage of the uh, blogs and the uh, YouTube channel. There's tons of information available there for you also. So for Coach Don McKinley, our producer Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.